0: Hi, Mystery Knox listeners. I'm Kim, and I'm Mary, and welcome to our very special Halloween episode. Today, we are actually going to be talking about some creepy things that happened to us personally, and also we're just going to read you a few stories um, submitted by some other some users uh, that submitted stories. So, yeah, it won't be our typical episode. Obviously, it's not going to be as structured. As our regular episodes, it's going to be like a little bit more chatty. So I know some people don't like that, but if you don't mind, keep on listening. If you do mind, then you can skip this episode. <laughs> oh, and before we start, I did want to say a very happy birthday to one of my best friends, uh, Kathy. She listens to the episodes, so this will be like a little surprise Yay. shout out for her. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. happy birthday, Kathy. Love you. Happy birthday, madam. I hope it's wonderful. Only on Tuesdays. (laughs) 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 Oh, she's going to laugh when she hears that. Anyway, yeah, shall we get started?
1: We shall.
0: I've had stuff happening to me probably since I was like, well, as far as I can remember. So probably since I was like five and it hasn't been like huge things, but it's like a bunch of little things. So like basically every house I've lived in, uh, the, so first I lived in an apartment, stuff happened, which I'll talk about in a minute. Then we moved to a trailer, stuff happened to me, which I'll talk about. Then we moved to a house, stuff happened to me. So, I don't know if it's just, like, every single place we... Or if it's you. Yeah, like, every single place we moved to, it was just haunted or there were just spirits. Or if it's me or if it's somebody in my family. Because, of course, you know, I was with my mom and my sister and my brother all these times, too. Mm -hmm. So, basically, in the apartment when I was a little, little kid... um. Well, stuff happened to me with the closet, but I'm gonna skip that story since we're both in closets right now. <laughs> um, but I will just say, because of those experiences that happened to me regarding the closet, I literally can't sleep with my closet door open, and I hate being in rooms. Oh, same. Where, and yeah. even
1: if it's like cracked, yeah, I can't. I get
0: can't. It. Yeah, same. And I hate being in rooms where closets or or even doors are, like, opened. So, yeah. still Because I don't know
1: about you, and I'm pretty sure it's, like, an eye thing. But, because it's also, like, at at night, if you stare at something long enough, it seems like it's moving. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, if you stare at the door, it's not moving. Right. But your mind is thinking it's moving, and that... That freaks me out. Plays tricks on you. Mm hmm. Yeah. It happened the other day. I was like, it's moving. <laughs> and then I was like, no. No,
0: it's not moving.
1: <laughs> it's just the allergy medicine <laughs> kicking in. <laughs> yeah. And oh, I was that's like, funny. I should probably be sleeping, but I kept staring at the door.
0: <laughs> yeah. That happens to me sometimes, too.
1: Oh, in one of the older houses we used to live in? Uh huh. Where I went to high school? I don't know if you were ever over, but the doors were were uh, mirrors. Like the sliding closet doors Wait, were mirrors. the house in
0: the WR town?
1: Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Yes, I was at that house a couple times. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, for some reason, it would have normally bugged me to have mirrors as doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't... I couldn't stand that. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> that
1: would creep me out, too. Like, mirrors. I can't. I have to... Like, the bathroom? I shut the door. I can't I can't do that.
0: <laughs> I shut the door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I hear you. I'm the same way. So, at the apartment, when I was a kid... hmm I'm not gonna go through every single thing that happened to me, but just the main ones that I remember clearly. So, the main thing that stuck out was... The closet thing which i'll skip over
1: and hmm. then um even that creeped him out and i'm like don't ever talk about that again
0: the closet thing
1: <laughs> yeah yeah With i know the, i yeah. thought
0: we weren't gonna talk about it
1: we're not we're not okay happy thoughts rainbows <laughs> and unicorns happy thoughts and then um, no. <laughs> oh every time <laughs> every episode every not freaking on purpose. episode Henry Cavill always makes it
0: into <laughs> one of our episodes. That's great. Every episode. That's awesome. Well, anyway. Yeah. So uh, another thing that would happen to me is we had, it was the apartment. And so we had an upstairs where the bedrooms were in the bathroom. So um, a couple of times when I would be walking down the stairs or up the stairs, uh, there was one time where I got scratched on my cheek and mm-hmm. it started bleeding I was just walking up the stairs nobody was with me and something at the top of the stairs scratched my cheek and it started bleeding no yeah so that was one one of the things that stuck out to me mm-hmm. um, I used to have a babysitter when I lived at the apartments and her name was Rosie and she would babysit me and William and um, she was awesome but we would go over to her apartment and she would tell us she would tell us stories about people in the walls.
1: Oh no.
0: Yeah, she was very religious. you know, she was a Latino woman, very religious woman. Mm-hmm. And she told us she would hear people in her walls when we were literally like seven years old. Jeez. And like, like oh, I miss her so much, and she was amazing. But I'm like now being like a mom, you know, with an almost seven year old. I'm like, it's like, what are you doing? Damn it, Rosie! Why would you tell us that shit? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, but she would tell she us. I wanted these... you to go to bed. <laughs> no, no, it was during the day.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, but she like she literally would just tell us but like oh yeah, I there's people in the walls and they. They knock on the wall, and you know all this stuff. And so, that was another thing that I remember very clearly: is people in the walls. Then we moved to the trailer. Some weird shit happened there. My mom bought. I this could
1: never sleep in there. In the trailer. I think, was did I? That's the one I visited, right? Um, the one like when we go to high school, I'd pick you up.
0: No, that was the house.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: That was, well then,
1: yeah, that was the that house. That one. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh. I mean, I never seen wait anything, Wait you but hear just... about the weird shit that happened in the house. I don't know if I um, told you what happened.
1: No, but I just know I could never, in that hallway? Yep. Mm-hmm. There's something of, really? Yep. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> so you picked up on the energy then. No, th- yeah. Like, I never saw anything, but I just felt like, I shouldn't be there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Let me talk about the trailer real quick, then we'll get to the house. Okay. So, the trailer... When we moved to the trailer, my mom... um, She hung up this creepy-ass painting, okay, of this woman. Black hair. It was like a, a Native American woman. Black hair. She put it in... Her bedroom. Oh, no. And I, the first time I saw this painting, I absolutely hated this painting. Mm-hmm. Because I got a bad feeling from this yeah. painting. And it creeped me the hell out. And it was one of those paintings where the eyes would follow you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So where wherever you walked, it was freaking watching you, okay? <sighs> Very bad vibes from this stupid painting anyway the stuff that happened to me in the trailer is my toys would randomly go off and in the closet like they would be in the closet nobody's there pushing on the bears or whatever and they would just all the time they would go off
1: remember i told you when i was first at your guys's place when you had neva Uh if her toys go off yeah i remember i will book the next flight out
0: yep (laughs) <laughs> that happened all the time in the trailer court. Oh no! I mean, in the trailer, all the time. Also, I used to hear. So when I got my own room after my sister moved out of the out of the trailer,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I got her old room, right? And it was at the very end of the trailer, like towards the street part. And um, it was away from my mom's room because she was at the very other side of the trailer, and my brother was kind of in the middle. I guess. And I was on the other end. So I had my room, right. And every night in that room at the same night, it was around 11 or 12 o'clock at night. I would be trying to sleep and I would hear it sounded like somebody was bouncing a ball against the wall behind me. And so I could never figure out what it was. And I would always be like, what is that? Like, because what was behind that wall was the bathroom, my bathroom. And I was like, well, there's nothing in there that like would make that noise. Like, nobody's using the bathroom. Like, I don't understand where this noise is coming from. And I was the only one who heard it, by the way. Like, my brother never heard it and my mom never heard it.
1: Oh, so it was geared towards you.
0: I guess so. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And so eventually. I think I told my mom about it, or I told one of her friends who was like into spirituality and stuff like that. And what they basically told me to do is they were like, well, if it is a spirit, you just need to tell them to stop doing that because it's bothering you and to go away. And I was like, I'm like, okay, I'll try it. You know? So that night, like, of course it happened again. And I basically was just like, I said over and over again again in my head, I was like, stop, 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 just stop, go away. Like, stop doing this. I don't want you here. And I'm not even kidding, Mary, it stopped. Oh, so yeah, that's good then. Yeah. And so I was like, what the hell? (laughs) But it it freaked me out. I was like, what the hell? It actually worked?
1: Well, maybe they just wanted to be addressed so they know...
0: You know, Maybe. like not forgotten
1: sort of thing. I don't know. I don't know, but that was, and then in
0: my in my head, I don't know why, but in my head, I always had this picture of like a little boy throwing a ball against the wall,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's what always popped into my head when I heard the noise. Have no idea what it actually was, but there you go. That was something else that happened to me. Yeah, and then and then the house. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. So as you were saying you've been you've been to that house mm-hmm. and you got bad feelings
1: yeah and I just kind of shrugged it off because it was like a feeling that like it was a fleeting sort of thing like it, uh-huh. it never really stayed but then it it was there and I know at one point like I had seen something but I wasn't sure and then not long after that your brother comes home, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. it's back. <laughs> <laughs> my brother. But it was just, yeah, but it was just William coming home from whatever he was doing, and I was just like, oh, okay. I was like, okay, so that is a person. And I just kind of like put the covers over my face. I was like, okay, that's a person. But what did you see, or what did you think you saw? No, just like a shadow, like like a person walking by. Oh, so it wasn't like clear. No, no, and I never see anything um, detailed it's always okay. been a shadow like where I work um, huh. which we can touch on that after you tell your story
0: okay so then we moved to a house and honestly this might be weird to say but there was a lot of shit that happened in that house mm-hmm. but I never minded living in the house yeah and I don't I know that probably sounds weird with like the stuff I'm about to tell you but it never creeped me out I guess and I don't know why.
1: Well, that's just like the feeling I said I had. It was there. Uh-huh. Then, I don't know. Because it's like there's a presence, but it kept its distance.
0: Yeah. So, basically what happened in the house is... So, I wasn't the only one who, like, stuff happened to. Mm-hmm. So, my, my sister wasn't living with us at the time. That we lived into in, that, we moved into the house. It was just me, my brother, and my mom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but my mom and my brother experienced stuff too. I think my mom experienced the most, and then me and then my brother was probably the least. So, some things that happened is our kitchen cabinets would open by themselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and this happened multiple times, and I mean, it happened so much that it, it didn't even surprise me anymore when it would happen. Like I would be sitting in the living room and hear the cabinets opening and I was just like, oh, here we go again. And then like when I would go into the kitchen, the cabinets would be open and I would just shut them again. I'd be like, okay, you know, whatever. Um, but the first time it happened, it freaked me out, obviously. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> so that actually happened quite a few times as the cab- the cabinets would open by themselves. Um, another thing that happened is uh, I would see a man in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So he was an older man.
1: Yeah.
0: He had on uh like a suit a I dark guess? clothing yes dark clothing okay dark clothes suit and he had a hat on too and i didn't see him a lot but i did see him at least once
1: mm-hmm. and it was detail okay
0: and um it was when i was walking down the hall because all of the bedrooms were at the end of the hall and then the bathroom was like right at the beginning beginning of the hall if you remember that so i was walking down the hall and the bathroom door was open and I just glanced into the bathroom because something caught my eye and it was the man and literally I stopped <laughs> and I was just like looking and then I kind of got freaked out obviously so I turned around to go tell my mom and it was gone when I looked back
1: mm-hmm
0: Oof. so yeah Um. So that happened. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Also, did you see him
1: any time like after?
0: No. So that was it. That was the only time I saw him. Mm-hmm. But my mom saw him. But he was always in the bathroom. Huh. For some reason, he would always appear in the bathroom. I don't know why.
1: Maybe whatever the house was built over. Maybe. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, that's and my so my mom saw or him. Portal, I saw him. As they say could be but i never saw any other spirit in the house that's the only one that i saw but like i said the cabinets would open i would hear things all the time
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um like whispers you know uh what else oh my mom one time my mom called the police because she was sleep we were all sleeping and Now, I don't know if this was, like, a paranormal thing or if it was, like, actually somebody just being crazy or playing a prank on us or whatever. But uh, my mom was awoken out of a dead sleep because she, in her room, she had a door that led out to the backyard. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And and there was, like, a little patio out there. Somebody or something started pounding on her door in the backyard in the middle of the night. Mm Mm-hmm. And it obviously woke her up. It woke me up because I heard her scream. So I ran into her room. And she's she was like looking out the door. Looking out the windows. And I'm like, what is going on? And she's like, there's someone pounding on the door. There's somebody in the backyard. So she actually called the police. The police came. Didn't find anybody. When my mom was looking out the window and the door. She didn't see anybody. So I don't, Yeah. I don't know what that was about, but that happened.
1: That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's like both good and bad that someone wasn't there.
0: Yeah, exactly. What was it?
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. And then um, another weird thing about my mom's room that we discovered later on uh, living there is in her room, it was access to the basement. You had a basement? We did, but it wasn't like... I, I don't even know if I should call it a basement. It was like a... What do you call it? Like, you could go under the house, but you you had to, like, stoop down.
1: I don't even know.
0: I don't even know what you call it. I, I guess it's a basement, but it, it's not like the basement that people are going to think of, like a finished basement. It was literally like you could go under the house, and there were, like, tunnels... You lifted, you lifted the floor right in her room. Mm -hmm. You could go, you could walk down there, but it wasn't like a finished, like it wasn't like you couldn't live down there. Like it wasn't a finished basement or anything. It wasn't anything like that, but it was probably, let's see, I'm five foot three and even I had to stoop down to get down there. So maybe four foot high, I guess. Mm -hmm. So you really had to like bend down to even walk under the house. But they were like, whoever built the house or I don't, I don't even know. Like there were um, tunnels like under it so that you could get around under the house. But it was like nothing was finished or anything. But it was weird because what we discovered down there one time is a barrel. A barrel? A barrel.
1: Like
0: a was it empty A big or was it... We never opened it. We couldn't get it open.
1: No, I mean, like, if you pushed it, was there resistance? Yes. Okay.
0: Ooh. And so that was under the house and... Maybe something um... was in it.
1: <laughs> yeah, Maybe that's it what creeps me guy. out about it.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, God,
1: I just got the chills. Um... <laughs> wait where's your bathroom was it where the barrel was
0: i don't know
1: (laughs) i don't know
0: so that was just weird when we discovered that
1: so anyway it's your turn mary where i work used to be a morgue no it used to be part of the hospital and the extension wing was the morgue because i know when i first started working there My dad had asked, you know, how do you like working there? And I was like, oh, it's not so bad. It's it's still too early, I think. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, on the first day, I was doing so many different tasks. And it was just their way of prepping me for what may happen on a crazy day. It wouldn't be like this every day, but here's just a taste. And honestly, I wanted to quit that first day. But that aside... Months later, and I asked my dad, "You yeah, know, like what? You still? Why did you ask me that question?" And he's like, "What? Well, I just want to know if you liked your your job." And I was like, "No, no. What about the building? Do you know? And you're not telling me." <laughs> uh-huh. Because by this point, I had seen things and I've heard stories from other people. So then I asked him, "Do you? Because he he was um stationed there." you know years ago for like station yeah or for a training session and that's when he's seen it used to be part of the morgue and then it was bulldozed down to make what you know a little convenience store and that's when i found out that yeah it used to be a morgue (laughs) and i was like well that kind of makes sense that's
0: lovely (laughs) as
1: to what i'm seeing but what i saw was just a tall Figure. I didn't see any detail. I never see his face or, any, yeah, I, I get the sense that it's a guy. Okay. And he wears dark clothing, and either he has dark hair or he wears a, a, some sort of cap. I don't know. Okay. And it would be like off in the distance that I'd see him, like down one of the aisles. And then where the break room is, there is this long hallway that would lead to the warehouse and then eventually the back door. And there's that corner you take to the left like when you're walking towards the warehouse and then you would turn left and then that would lead out the back door he Uh would stand at that corner like where my desk is now that's where i sometimes would see him in that corner but if you're in the break room he would walk down that hall but about halfway he would also disappear so I don't know exactly. Cause, or, you know, it could be because you look up and then it, he's gone. Yeah, yeah. But he's not one that I get, like, a bad feeling. It's just he's there. Mm-hmm.
0: And, oh, yeah, because you know when when one gives you a bad feeling.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that, like, everyone kind of would feel that maybe. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you but, would hope
1: so. Yeah. Um. Like in your gut, like something's wrong, something's yeah, amidst, something, yeah. But no, with him, I never got that feeling. It, it was. He kind of came off as playful because at certain times, and I always made known, you don't touch my hair, you don't pull on my hair, you don't. I don't like people touching me. Mm-hmm. And in this one instance, I felt like one piece of strand being touched and pulled, oh. not to pull the hair out, just like to pull. And I was like, stop. And then a friend of mine was like, what? And I look over, and she's literally five feet away. I was like, you're (sighs) touching my hair. And she's like, no, I wasn't. And I was like, then who's touching my hair? And Uh. I said it just like that. And then I addressed him. I was like, look, man, I don't mind that you're here. Just don't touch my hair. Right. And it never happened again. Well, that's good. Mm Mm-hmm. Good. And then... There's another instance where I think last year I was uh acting as as a manager and I had to open the store. And I don't know if I told you this one. But I walk in and one of the other cashiers is already like prepping the food and I'm putting in the the registers the the money into the registers. Uh-huh. And I I get through one, two and three and by the fourth one I push the drawer in I log in and I put open it and I push the drawer in and then I hear what sounds like a 12 pack of bottles fall onto the floor oh jeez and I didn't say anything because I'm like it could just be me it could just be something turning on it could be something you know all these possibilities other than it's a ghost Right. because I don't like to jump to it's a ghost and then when the cashier's she was like, did you hear that? <laughs> and I slowly turn around and I look at her. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, you heard that, right? There's someone in here. Oh, God. And then I was like, there's no one in here. Mm-hmm. It's just you and me. Because I was there before her and I left the door just to crack. So when she cut, because she was not much, you know, farther Right from her coming in after me and I was still in the back so once she got in she shut the door and so I told her there's no one in here she's like no there's someone and I was like well let's walk the floor I'm pretty sure there's no one here we walk the floor she's looking around and I'm just casually walking and you know there's nothing here but in my mind I'm thinking crap I'm gonna have to clean up a pack of beer on the floor at five in the morning
0: (laughs) lovely
1: (laughs) yeah but so we both walk and she goes through the double doors looks in the warehouse looks in the break room comes back and she's like there's nothing here there's no one here and i was like i know but something's here and she's like what do you mean and she i was just like no he's he's here he's just saying good morning and we all know i'm not the person that says good morning like when people say good morning i just say hey Hey. but I'm I make an exception with this guy oh so yeah and so I look around and there's nothing there there's no cleanup there's no beer that's spilt what there's no yeah there's no broken bottle because you're looking down the aisles and I see nothing there's no glass oh, there's no wow. spill I look towards the cooler doors I don't even see anything that were to to like fall and hit the the glass door because that, that could even be a sound, too. It's just the rattling of the bottles that I heard. But I was yeah. just like, where's the mess I have to clean up? But I look towards the 30 packs of beer that's on a pallet. And I keep looking there. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, nothing's, nothing's here. There's no, there's no mess. I was like, we can just go back to whatever. And she's like, are you sure there's no one here? I was like, no. No, we're good. But then as she goes back, and I was like, oh, by the way good morning (laughs) and then and then I just go about you know doing whatever I do and so for the next whatever amount of days that I had to open nothing happened that's crazy And I've never had a bad experience with them Mm -hmm. but another manager had she was in the office and she was doing paperwork at whatever time probably around 10 11 o'clock when the store closed and she's there just you know minding her own business doing the paperwork And I don't know what she had said but she had said something because she kept hearing things but she just kind of ignored it and then all of a sudden a gust of wind just comes up and blows all the paperwork she was working on on the floor she flips out tells everyone if there was you know um, people in the store with her other employees Mm -hmm. because you can't be in there alone you have to have one or two people with you Right, that's good. And so she was like, all right, we're all leaving. So she, sh- everything's you know, on the floor. She shuts the door and she just leaves. And she tells the facility manager, hey, this is what happened. And I apologize, but the papers are everywhere, but this is what happened.
0: Yeah. I'm and not sticking I was, around.
1: Yeah. So I told her, I was like, maybe he don't like you.
0: Maybe. And she's like, what?
1: And then she was the same lady that I asked her two or three times. Is this place haunted? Does this place have something? And she's like, no, no. Why do you say that? And I was like, no, I'm just wondering. And so then I ask her again, tell me the truth. Is there something here? Mm Mm-hmm. And then she's like, do you want to know the truth? And I was like, well, I'm asking you. And she's like, come in and sit down. But shut the door. Shut the door. And I was like, what? You know, I'm thinking. You're like, like, oh, boy. I was like, "What is going on?" And um, I was like, "All right, what's?" And then uh, so she tells me that story, and then she kind of just stares at me, and she's like, "You're not freaked out. You don't, you don't want to quit." And I was like, "No, this is interesting." And she just was like, "What?" And I was like, "What?" I was like, "I "I kind of am like interested and intrigued by the whole paranormal." And she's like. Oh. <laughs> you're one of those people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she went from, uh, we don't want you to quit, to like, oh, who did we hire? What kind of person right. is this? <laughs> oh, you're one of those. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But, um, um yeah, that's like the work okay. situation. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I've lived in other places where stuff's happened too. Mm hmm. But,. It's always been one of those where I've sensed, but not seen. Mm-hmm. But my brother has seen, like, the house in oh. Singapore. Yeah, he has stories. And Jim? never really heard... <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, I don't think he's told me all the stories, but he's, yeah, he's seen things in that house. Interesting. the The house that we lived in in Singapore, and... And my mom, she had, you know, little... Because she can sense and Uh see. Because I've asked her questions on different accounts at the old house. Yeah. Is there something here? And she gets quiet and then she looks off to the side for a few seconds too long and then looks back at me and says, No, why do you ask? And I was like, what were you looking at just now? (laughs) You're like, woman? (laughs) You're freaking me out. And then... Yeah, I come oh, to find geez. out that our previous house, the spirit that lives there, and still resides there, is a Native American guy. Oh, and okay. No, he was, uh, I never had an... Was he okay? A, yeah, I never had an issue, although times I would be like, why is he outside my door? And my mom was like, What? And I was like, there was someone pacing back and forth outside my door. Uh, And And that's the house that I stayed at, right? Yeah. Okay. And she was like, he shouldn't be on the second floor. And I was like, what does she mean he shouldn't be on the second floor? Yeah. And I was like, well, you need to talk to him then because he's outside my door. Oh, and then this other time. My brother comes to visit, and I think he was there for—I don't know if it was like the weekend or a week. I forget. Uh huh. But when he left, something stayed behind. Oh, God. Jim! I don't know if you know this story, <laughs> but What's no, he had you leave to. Because, because at one point he was when he was skyping with his wife. I don't know if they were married yet, but. They were not Skyping Facebook. Anyhow, they were talking on the computer. (laughs) (laughs) And then he said at one point, or maybe she said, but he had looked up and she's like, what are you looking at? And he's like, nothing. What were you talking about? And so they continue that conversation. And yeah, there's, there's something on the other side of where the fireplace was.
0: He saw it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking he saw it. He he never really said. But something was there. But in short, he leaves. And then I tell my mom. I was like, hey, there's a lady still here. And she's like, what are you talking about? And again, she does that look. Because I point to where it is next to the stereo cabinet that we had. And I was like, she's, and I'm not looking, but I'm pointing, or not pointing, but I'm like waving my hand. She's right, she's there. She's standing right there. And then, because she's like a slim figure, around 5 foot, no more than 5'5". Five, five. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she's there, she's just standing there. She comes and goes, but she's there. She's been there since Jim left. And she was like, what do you mean? She's been there since Jim I was like, she's been there, mom. And uh, so she does her little prayer thing, but not after, she looks over there. Uh-huh. And says, "Oh, it's nothing. It's fine." I was like, "I need a you need a different answer when you talk." <laughs> so she can like look
0: at them and assess them and be like, "Oh, they're yeah, good or it's, they're bad." It's a
1: yeah. It was a family member that watches over my brother. Oh. It's one of her sisters. So then, why'd she stay? Just to you know, because I'm I'm thinking she hasn't seen us. She doesn't. Oh. You know, she's not. She okay. hasn't. Yeah, because the last time we seen her is when I was probably in third grade. So that was like oh, wow. years and years. But yeah, she stays with my brother, or visits. I don't know if she stays. Not to creep you out, Jim, if you're listening. But <laughs> sorry, Jim. Not that you need another thing. Oh, but she did her little little. Uh, she did her little prayer,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know, little offering as Buddhism does and yeah she was I guess it was like a full week and then she was you know she wasn't there anymore because she asked me later on she's like have you seen or sensed anything and I was like no she's not here anymore and she's like good and I was like who was that and she had you know said it was her sister that she was just she decided to stay a little bit and that she's she's gone back, and I was like, with to see Jim, and she's like, oh, I don't know, huh. but she's not Interesting. here. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, do I have anyone following me? And she was like, no. <laughs> that that long pause, and I was like, I was like, no, seriously. She's like, no, no, no. Um, there's there's no one. And I was like, but why is there, why does Jim have someone? And then she was like, well, he needs guidance. (laughs) (laughs) He needs guidance? I was like, what? She's like, well, you know, boys. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's hilarious. I was like, In In a way, I was like, oh, there's no one watching out for me. oh I'm sure but is. in another way I'm like no that's good because that's also kind of you know I don't Creepy. I don't like that of sensing and not seeing but then I don't want to see it's weird it's like the love hate relationship
0: I think we should take a break and then when we get back we can um, read those stories that we have mm-hmm. yeah that sounds for good for the listeners
1: okay sounds good And we're back. So this is Park Rangers and Outdoorsmen Share Their Creepy Nature Encounters by David Cunningham. The Night Watch I work in the outdoor field and lead trips regularly. I once led a trip to the top of Mount Sterling in North Carolina. It's a tough climb to get to the top and about six miles from the nearest road. I was leading a group of eight middle school kids and had one co-instructor. We were camping out on top of the mountain, and it was a beautiful night with a full moon. The kids and the other co-instructor went to bed in their tents. I chose to spend the night in a hammock that night. I was really into a book I was reading, so I stayed up and read until about 10.30pm. I turned my headlamp off to settle in for the night. Everything around me was rather bright from the moon, and the position I was in, I could see down the trail. We had hiked to get to the top. I laid there enjoying the scenery and noticed something moving on the trail. Bears are common in the area, so I perked up. As it got closer, I could tell it was a person. We were in the middle of nowhere, and there was someone hiking up the trail with no headlamp or any gear, and I was just frozen watching this person move closer to our camp. They arrived at the top of the mountain where we were and just stopped. I watched as what appeared to be a man surveying our camp. I really could only see the outline of him. He stood there for what seemed like 30 minutes, but it may have been 10. He then turned, sat down under a tree facing our camp. He was sitting up in a way that I knew he wasn't trying to sleep. He just sat there staring at our camp. I had no idea what to do. I decided to wait it out. I waited, just staring at the man while he stared at my camp. This went on until about 3.30 a.m., then he stood up took a moment to survey my camp in a few minutes longer, and then went back down the trail he came up on. I, to this day, have no idea what that was about, but it freaked me out. I was paranoid that we were being followed for the rest of the trip. Senor Pants is the author of that one.
0: Okay, and this story is called The Intercom and it's by a modest oddest. I moved to Southern California a few months ago, and my new apartment building has an intercom system that lets you buzz guests and deliveries into the building so you don't have to haul your lazy ass down the steps and escort them up to your apartment. Convenient, eh? Sure sounded that way at first, but after discussing the prospect of putting my cell number into the intercom, the property manager informed me that, because it's about 20 years old and designed to work with landlines, the system can only capacitate a few out-of-state numbers. Therefore, my Maryland cell phone number was just too much for its poor circuits to bear. Luckily, I pay obscene amounts of money every month to have above-average internet speed, and as it turns out, my modem comes with a complimentary landline and, as luck would have it, a California phone number. Again, convenient, or so I thought. After visiting about five different stores and stomaching more than a few baffled looks from the various employees therein, I managed to track down an honest-to-goodness corded phone that fit with my very modest budget. I gave the number to the property manager and, Robert, your mother's brother, I was all set to buzz the pizza man into the building from the comfort of my apartment. For a while, things were good. I got all my packages from delivery companies that had previously been marking shipments as undeliverable and I was enjoying the occasional carb-heavy dinner without having to burn a few precious calories hiking up and down the steps. The phone would ring, I would press nine, and moments later, someone would be at my doorstep with whatever I desired, or more accurately, whatever I could pay for. I was living the American dream. That's when the phone started to ring at odd hours, sometimes even very late at night, which seemed pretty innocuous at first. I would pick up, hesitantly, and listened for a moment, and usually the line was quiet with little more than the sound of traffic rumbling out from the receiver. I just wrote it off as the work of young pranksters, or possibly bored hobos. We do have a large number of homeless and vagrants in my part of the city, so it didn't seem out of the question that someone was just messing around with the intercom. My apartment number is 333, after all, so if you just waltzed up to the intercom and pressed 3 a few times, the system would connect you to my apartment. I treated these interruptions to the normal peace and calm of my home as minor annoyances that came in tandem with the convenience of being slothful. Until one night, at around two in the morning, the phone rang. I was awake but not very cognate when I picked up the phone, and for the first time ever, I greeted the unknown caller with a groggy, hello. On the other line, I could hear someone breathing heavily in ragged gasps and moans. It took a second but I realized that whoever was on the intercom was crying. Hello, I spoke more clearly this time. Is everything all right? At this, the whimpering turned to sobbing and the erratic breathing turned to wailing gasps for air. My heart began to thump in my eardrums as I stood there frozen, listening. Please, the voice supplicated frantically. Let me in. They're coming back. Please. My finger hovered over the nine key on the phone. Who's coming back? I heard my own voice ask. I certainly didn't want to know, but I had asked all the same. The voice cried out again, wailing incoherently, as if the answer to my questions were too horrible to even contemplate. Please, Michael, please, the voice shrieked. My heart stopped. My apartment isn't listed under my name on the directory, only the apartment number. Whoever was out there, they meant to call me. I slammed my thumb down on the 9 and charged out of my apartment with my trusty Louisville slugger slung over my shoulder. I practically jumped down the staircase and crashed through the doors to the lobby of the building, but upon scanning my surroundings it became abundantly clear that I was alone. I looked out into the street through the plate glass door connected to the intercom, and nothing seemed out of the ordinary. No one was crying in a huddled mass on the ground, and upon exiting to the sidewalk outside I confirmed the same to be true of the surrounding area. As I stood there, puzzling, it became clear that someone was playing a very messed up joke on me, and it was probably somebody I knew. So, upon returning to the sanctity of my apartment, I took to social media and berated the anonymous prankster, accusing them of shortening my lifespan by at least a year, and asserted that if they tried something like that again, it could result in my very first heart attack. And did they really want that on their conscience? Feeling somewhat vindicated and with nerves more than a little frayed, I climbed into bed and nodded off. No more than an hour had gone by when the phone rang again. This time I didn't answer. I just let it ring and ring it did for close to five minutes, which I think you would all agree is way too long to be listening to any shrill, repetitive noise. So I picked up the phone and immediately hung it up again. As I approached the familiar warm embrace of my bed, it rang again. I'll admit, my heart jumped a little, but I walked over and unplugged the damn thing, so that it couldn't further impede my appointment with the Sandman. I closed my eyes and curled up in the conversant warmth of my covers, and then the phone rang again. My eyes cracked open, and I crossed the apartment to where the phone sat, unplugged, but it rang all the same. I didn't answer it. I walked, trying my best to keep my composure, back to the front door of the apartment building. Through the metal bars behind the glass door of the lobby, I could see the empty sidewalk stretching on into the California night. I stood perplexed for quite some time, but through the thick glass and metal bars, the situation refused to demystify itself. More than a little disturbed, I returned to my apartment and sat awake for the duration of the night, staring at the phone, which thankfully did not ring again. In the morning, I went to the property manager and asked if she could review the footage from the security camera by the intercom at approximately the time of the first call. When asked for my reasons, I said that someone had been calling me on the intercom repeatedly asking to come in, someone I wasn't on speaking terms with, and wanted some video proof of harassment. To pursue legal action, she agreed and even offered me a printout of the intercom call history from the previous night. I thanked her and went about my day as normal that night the property manager knocked on my apartment door i invited her in but she insisted that i come down to her office and have a look at something she had found i breathed a sigh of relief answers at last and followed her down to the office next to the lobby of the apartment building she pulled up the monochrome display of the dozen or so security cameras that are stationed around the apartment complex and clicked on the window showing the top of the silver box that houses the intercom system We both watched a woman sprint up to the door and pull at the handle three or four times. Then she turned her attention to the intercom. She was shaking, dressed in a very revealing skirt. She looked like she was out for a night on the town, but her hair was wild and matted. It was hard to make out the details of her face, but she seemed to be frantically scanning the streets all around her. Then she leaned into the intercom and grabbed the edges of the silver box with both hands. She seemed to be screaming into the box, but only for a moment. That's when an unmarked van pulled up to the curb and three men dressed all in black stepped out. The woman collapsed to the ground as two of them fell upon her and dragged her, kicking and screaming to the door they had just climbed out of. The third figure approached the intercom and popped the cover off with a screwdriver. After a second or two of tinkering, he replaced the cover, got into the van, and drove off into the night. Another moment rolled by and I walked into the frame of the video, baseball bat in hand, and began to scan the street. Holy shit, I sighed as the gravity of what I'd just seen began to sink in. My property manager paused the video and turned to me. There's more. A chill ran up my spine. Of course there was more. The phone had kept ringing after all, hadn't it? I gestured for her to show me the rest. After a bit of fast forwarding, the same unmarked van pulled up to the curb near the intercom, but only two men stepped out this time. One was on a cell phone and the other was holding something long and silver in his hand. The two nodded to each other as they approached the door and then pressed themselves up against the wall on either side of it. The one on his cell phone looked like he must have hit the end call and redial button a few times before he nodded to his accomplice again. The second man raised the long silver something in his hand over his head and tensed as the first man pulled what looked like a knife out of his boot. A few seconds passed and my big dumb face appeared in the monitor of the lobby camera as I shuffled towards the barred door. I stared angrily into the night like some kind of zombie and then pressed my face up to the glass. On the monitor of the camera outside the two men hugged the wall, weapons at the ready. Another moment passed. I pulled away from the door and ambled out of the lobby, shaking my head, completely oblivious. The first man pulled out his phone again, made a call, and after a moment he threw the phone to the ground and walked back to the van. The second man followed him and they drove off. My property manager was looking at me again. I'm going to have to report this to the police, but before I do, is there anything you'd like to tell me? She asked flatly. I looked back at her cynical face and I must have looked pretty distraught because she smiled and put a hand on my shoulder. I know you said you weren't on speaking terms with this person, but that still must have been hard to watch. I explained to her that I did not, in fact, know that person and proceeded to fill her in on all the details pertaining to the incident from my perspective, with a couple exceptions. I didn't tell her that the victim somehow knew my name. I didn't even tell the cops when they finally showed up to take my statement. I'd never seen this person before. How could she have known my name? I figured it would only complicate the matter and require my further involvement in something I wanted as little to do with as possible. I also neglected to tell them about how the phone still rang, even though it was unplugged. Pretty neat trick, that. I'll have to work out how they manage that one someday. For now, though, I think I'll just go back to walking up and down the steps to let people into the building. All right. Well, that is all we have for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed our little Halloween special. And um, if you've made it this far, thank you for listening. Our next episode comes out next Tuesday. So make sure you listen in for that one. And if you like this podcast, please share with your friends. Give us a review, a rating, um, anything helps. And yeah, have a good Halloween. Remember, stay weird, stay curious.